going on, family? Happy Monday, happy new year, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are having a fantastic 2021 for sure. 2020 has been crazy, right? But it's gone. New year, new opportunities, and I hope that you are taking advantage of it. Thank you so much for your support of the faction all throughout 2020 uh, and the ensuing times that you've been supporting. I really, really appreciate it. The whole team does. So thank you so much. If you're following us on social media, thank you. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the faction show. And many of you have sent so many super cool notes over the holidays and the like. We are back, back in full swing. And super excited about that. Thank you for those who are subscribed to our podcast. If you're brand new, welcome to The Faction. This is the world of pro wrestling, and we talk all about it here and then some. We give it to you in bite-sized morsels so that uh, hopefully you can digest it throughout the day and throughout the week. If you're not subscribed, click the subscribe button. Uh, We would definitely appreciate it. All right, so there's a lot to get into. I want to first start talking about SmackDown, which was the official first news new event of 2021. SmackDown actually happened on New Year's Day, which is pretty crazy. And uh, we want to talk about the ratings for it first. The ratings for this week's episode of SmackDown came in averaging 1.915 million viewers. Now, that sounds kind of normal, but you have to consider what happened on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, SmackDown drew its largest rating since its premiere. Now, for its premiere, it drew a about 3.9 million viewers back in October of 2019. Well, Christmas Day, they pulled off a rating of 3.3 million viewers. So you could ask yourself, what the heck happened to SmackDown? I mean, usually during the holidays, their numbers have gone down. We've seen it during Thanksgiving weekend. We saw it Fourth of July weekend. What in the world happened? Well, here's what happened. Christmas Day had an NFL football game that led into SmackDown. And a lot of those viewers carried on, certainly into that first hour, which is why we saw what I like to call the Saturday night's main event treatment for SmackDown. Of course, the main event for SmackDown was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in a steel cage. They led with that match, and they led with that match because they knew they were going to have the most viewers, and it was a lengthy match at that. So, Shout out to WWE's programming for figuring out this is how we capture being on the tail end of an NFL game. Now, of course, the big question comes after you've done that. What happens the following week? Much like what we saw with, uh, you know, their debut back in October 2019. Could you hold on to it? Well, it's kind of back to life, back to reality, uh, as we are back to 1.915 million viewers for New Year's Day. Now, is that a bad thing? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, We'll certainly begin to see as WWE really starts rolling out the road to the Royal Rumble, and it becomes the real challenge for WWE, right? Like, what's going to happen in 2021 that's going to grab the casual fan? Now that you are on Fox, and you've been there over a year. Certainly the novelty of it has worn off. You know, we've almost come to ignore the commercials about WWE. 
during the NFL and the like. Who's really paying attention? That's the real question, and uh, we'll be able to find that out. So again, SmackDown, 1.915 million viewers this week. We also have not had a chance here on this podcast because of all of the things that have gone on to wish a special congratulations to Big E. Big E winning his second singles title in WWE. Uh, His second reign as Intercontinental Champion began on Christmas Day. Now, of course, when you're talking about titles and things like that, WWE doesn't tend to count uh, his NXT reign, but they should. He was the second ever NXT champion, and uh, he was a great champion in NXT as well. But it is really exciting to see WWE giving him the ball, and he certainly earned it. Uh, He should be a great Intercontinental Champion, and many are saying he could be the lead guy to win the Royal Rumble. Now, if he wins the Royal Rumble, and we're talking about a potential WWE or Universal title match for him, that would be awesome. Now, of course, again, and we're just kind of extrapolating right now, could you see a Roman Reigns Big E clash at WrestleMania? I don't know. I do think, uh, you know, a lot of people have been talking about Roman Reigns versus The Rock. That would be the ideal move. I don't know if they can land The Rock to be able to do WrestleMania in the main event, especially in this climate where right now there aren't any fans. Would The Rock show up for a fanless WrestleMania? I don't know. But uh, those are all the things that need to be considered when you think about that. But yeah. We'll take one day at a time. We won't extrapolate too far uh, on the WWE calendar because a lot can happen, obviously, between now and March slash April. But one thing is for sure, Big E certainly looks to be one of the rising stars in WWE for 2021. So that was the first bit of episodic television for WWE, for the wrestling world, really. Um, And now... We've got Wrestle Kingdom 15, which for those of you, uh, certainly in the United States, that happened earlier this morning. Um, it began around 2 a.m. East Coast time uh, here in the U.S., but certainly it was nighttime there in Japan. Uh, it's really the big, big event that kicks off the pro wrestling calendar. Wrestle Kingdom happens on January the 4th, and after last year, it's a two-day event now, January the 4th, January the 5th. So this first night, Some pretty significant things happen. There are about to be some spoilers. So if you don't want the spoilers, hit pause or come back to this podcast. If not, here we go. So I'm not going to give you all the results, but I will give you some of the ones that are of great significance. One of them being really that uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, who kind of broke the curse in terms of winning the World Tag League Tournament, also got their first win inside the Tokyo Dome, regaining the IWGP Tag Team Championships by defeating the Dangerous Techers, uh, which is a big, big move for them. Their first win there, their seventh IWGP Tag Team title reign. So that is of incredible, incredible significance. And perhaps the other super big piece of news coming out of all of this is Kota Ibushi 
defeats Tetsuya Naito to win the IWGP Intercontinental and the IWGP Heavyweight Championships. A huge move for Kota Ibushi, his first major world championship. And if you think about it, Kota Ibushi has been such a huge star. Who can ever forget his voyage into WWE, particularly into NXT as part of the Cruiserweight Classic? Many thought, uh, and rightfully so, that we should have ended up with a final of Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., which was just going to blow the roof off of all things NXT and WWE. But NXT couldn't sign Kota Ibushi to a long-term contract, nor could they sign uh, Zack Sabre Jr. And hindsight being 2020, you now wonder, would 205 Live been a completely different place with a Kota Ibushi or a Zack Sabre Jr.? or and a Zack Sabre Jr. Or would Kota Ibushi have been given right now the treatment that we're seeing happen to Shinsuke Nakamura? I don't know. We'll never know. But what we do know right now is that Kota Ibushi is the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion. Now, could that be short-lived? We don't know because, of course, uh, tonight or tomorrow, depending upon when you're listening to this, uh, Kota Ibushi will have to defend both championships against Jay White. Now, why that's important is because Kota Ibushi was the winner of the G1 Climax and was supposed to get an automatic title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. But during the road to Wrestle Kingdom, Kota Ibushi was defending his win in this contract, much like the Money in the Bank contract, and lost in controversial fashion to Jay White. So Jay White actually had the contract to main event Wrestle Kingdom 15. He chose to fight night two, which is a smart move. Um, and so Ibushi ends up in night one because he was selected by Naito as a great opponent. Huge match, incredible match. Go back and check it out on njpwworld.com, which is also the place where you'll be able to watch live for Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 2, which will begin airing at midnight Eastern time. Um, so that should be pretty, pretty wild to be able to see. So there are a couple of things I want to mention about this, which I think, again, WWE can learn from. If you remember last year, this time, Wrestle Kingdom became a two night event and that led to WrestleMania turning things into a two night event. One of the reasons why I think the two-night event is so smart for a supercard like Wrestle Kingdom, which is the equivalent to WrestleMania in the WWE, is this. Uh, certainly, New Japan has been known for having long cards. Uh, their average cards uh, can run anywhere with house shows two and a half to three hours to mega events like three to maybe even four hours. But Wrestle Kingdom had grown to be a super long event like we're talking six hours long, which, you know, is a lot. It's a lot for a wrestling fan. We saw at WrestleMania, WrestleMania, six or seven hours long. So the decision to move it to two nights is really, really smart. It's even smarter in this COVID environment where what you have is, uh, you know, first of all, let's talk about the fact that they were able to get 20,000 people into the Tokyo Dome. Now, Tokyo Dome normally sits about 40,000 or so. But they did 20,000 based on COVID restrictions. Obviously, there was not a lot of people who could travel over from foreign countries, but they packed the place out, maxed it out at the 20,000 mark. People were socially distant. Um, and so I'm going to talk about that in a second. 
But the other piece of it that was really smart is by splitting this into two nights, having six matches on the card, um, with the exception of the pre-show match, which was the annual New Year's Rumble, it says to me that they are figuring out wise moves to make in terms of COVID. And if you counted the pre-show, this show, uh, this first night, ran about four hours long, four to four and a half hours long, which is much different than six hours and it is in line with all of their previous cards. So New Japan has figured out how to make things work in a COVID environment. And I have often said that New Japan really has become the leader in this, perhaps bigger than AEW, certainly bigger than WWE. And why would I say bigger than AEW when AEW certainly was able to get people in the audience? Well, they got their wrestlers in the audience, which is cool. Yes, they kept performing. Yes, they kept giving us content. But what Japan decided to do was we're going to all observe the shutdown. They shut down New Japan for about three months. Then they came back, started, of course, with empty arena shows and then began welcoming fans back. And I got to give the fans a lot of credit as well for this very reason. One of the restrictions for being at a New Japan event is, of course, you have to mask up. You have to be socially distant and you're not allowed to cheer so really they have they're allowed to clap they're allowed to use these thunder sticks but they are not allowed to scream and holler as they may have normally here in the united states it wouldn't have gone because we in the united states don't like being told what to do and we don't like to follow rules so it's one of the reasons why wwe still doesn't have a paying audience coming to the shows aew has started to do that they've been socially distant they don't have the you know parameters of not being able to be vocal and things of that nature but the amphitheater has allowed for great spacing and they have capped things at about 15 to maybe 20 percent capacity of the venue so i say all of that to say this wwe and aew could learn a lot from what new japan has done the challenge though is new japan's audience is one who is willing to work together, willing to comply with whatever the COVID restrictions are so that they can get the entertainment they desire. And I hope our fans would be willing to do the same with whatever COVID restrictions are put out there. Now, don't get me wrong. There are wrestling shows that are running that um, are welcoming fans back. SHW is one of those shows. Uh, people are compliant with whatever the COVID restrictions are in that particular facility. And that's cool. Obviously, when you're talking about a larger scale like WWE, he was accustomed to doing 10, 15,000 people per show. It's a much different environment. Will they welcome people back for the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania? Only time will tell. Um, but you have to acknowledge that it is the result of different societies, different cultures, different social mores. So that becomes very, very interesting. I want to get your thoughts. If you had a chance to check out Wrestle Kingdom 15, what you think about that? And even on the larger scale, what you think about the fact that New Japan is able to welcome fans back to the tune of 20,000 people, which proved to be the largest attendance for a wrestling show in Japan since Wrestle Kingdom last year. Let's talk about that by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter 
at the Faction Show. Want to give you a reminder that this year we are committing to bringing you even more content. So if you liked what you've heard from us here at the Faction last year, you're going to love what we've got planned for you this year. So be prepared to hear more of what we're doing likely trying to bring you maybe even five days a week if you can handle that. Um, One of the things that we are going to be doing, I will tell you this, is every Thursday we are committing to bring you what we call Throwback Thursday. And on those Thursdays, we're going to talk about things from the past. Uh, It could be an angle. It could be a whole promotion. It could be specific wrestlers. It could be all sorts of things. So what I want to get from you via social media is what would you like for us to talk about on Throwback Thursday? Thursdays. Let us know in the comment section and uh, we'll start compiling and amassing a list. Even if you've got questions that you want us to answer, etc., we'll do all of that. All right. So for tomorrow, we're going to start presenting to you kind of our top moments and a look back at the year 2020. Uh, so yeah, some really cool things are coming to you here at The Faction. Make sure you are subscribed. And if you have wrestling fans who are friends, share this with them as well. This is going to be a banner year for The Faction. And you want to be one of those folks who's already been part of the journey. All right, we're going to get out of here. I hope you have an amazing Monday, an amazing start to your 2021. And until next time, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great day. I